0: Please turn with me in your Bibles to Luke's Gospel, and that to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, as we continue in our exposition of Luke's Gospel. Luke chapter 5, verse 12. Hear God's Word to us. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, make your word come alive in us, we pray. And as we open the book, show us the beauty of Christ. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear, Lord. Save those who are perishing. Strengthen those who are struggling. We ask that You would speak, for Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's estimated that Jesus healed up to hundreds, if not thousands, of people during His earthly ministry. People who were burdened with different kinds of ailments and conditions. He cast out demons. He restored sight to the blind hearing for the deaf. He healed those who had uncontrollable seizures and continuous bleeding. He repaired physical deformities, whether it was in their hands or in their legs. And even brought people back from the dead. There was not a sickness in which Jesus could not heal. And we're reminded of this back in Luke chapter 4, verse 40. It says that all those who were sick with various diseases were brought to Him, and He laid His hands on every one of them and he healed them. But the disease that was considered the most cruel and severe was the case of leprosy. It was described as a living death. The ancient historian Josephus notes that lepers were treated as if they were, in effect, dead men. Well, what was so dreadful about the disease? And this is one of the first things that I want us to see. It was a disease that occurred on the skin. And there were varying degrees of leprosy, from flaky skin to skin that was covered in lesions. In its worst form, it made a person's skin appear to be rotting away. And it wasn't because leprosy was some sort of flesh-eating bacteria, but rather a flesh-numbing one. It took away any feeling of the skin. And so due to the nerve damage, those with leprosy would in effect, wear down their hands and wear down their feet and even their face unknowingly. It was a horrible condition, which is why it was so greatly feared among the people of Israel. And because there was no cure, the only defense against it was quarantine. Lepers, they had to live in separate communities outside of the city. And in Old Testament times, they lived outside the camp of Israel. They had to live in remote isolation as it was a matter of public health. But not only was it a matter of public health, but it was also a matter of biblical law as lepers were considered unclean. Listen to Leviticus chapter 13. The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, unclean, unclean. And he shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. And so they were ceremonially unclean. And what a miserable effect all of this would have had upon a person with leprosy. In addition to whatever physical discomfort. They were segregated from the people of God and from the worship of God's people. And so it was a very harsh and it was a very brutal existence. Think about to be socially unaccepted, ceremonially rejected, unable to have any human contact, as no one dared to associate with, with a leper. And if they survived at all, it was only by the charity of people who would leave them a little food without coming anywhere near them. And so for a leper, it, was only, it wasn't only a matter of losing their health, but Family. Friends, livelihood. Well, notice in Luke chapter 5, Luke tells us in verse 12 here, that while Jesus was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And notice from the very outright that Luke, being a physician, gives to us a more accurate diagnosis of this man. Not that he had a minor case of leprosy, but that he was full. He was full of it. In other words, his leprosy was... The most serious of conditions. He had an extreme case of leprosy. This man, you might say, was the most leprous leper in the colony. A picture of the walking dead. And what is surprising here is that this leper comes to Jesus while he was in one of the cities. Now think about what that entails. It meant that this leper had to break the confines of the law in order to seek Jesus. You see, his boundaries were restricted. His place was outside the camp. It was outside the city. That's where he needed to stay. He wasn't allowed to enter into the places where the people were, yet he defied the rules. He broke the law in order to get to Jesus. He went against the laws of Leviticus to come into the city where Jesus was. And we can just imagine this scene playing out. A leper in, in ragged clothes, hair unkempt, foul stench coming from his body, wasting away, entering the city, and yelling out his humiliation, unclean, unclean. And the people of that city would have immediately scrambled to safety lest they get anywhere near the contagion. Grabbing their little ones, their kids, for fear of the man's disease. Yet all this leper wanted to do was to get to Jesus no matter what the cost. It was determined. Now I want us to pause right here. And I want us to ask the question, why did Luke include this story in his gospel? You know, you'll find this account of the leper in the other gospel narratives as well. Why then did they feel it collectively necessary to tell this story? And that's a valid question to ask because Jesus He healed hundreds, if not thousands, of people. Even after this episode ends, look with me in chapter five, verse fifteen. It says, But now even more the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him to be healed, to be healed of their infirmities. And so Jesus, He healed really thousands of people. Why this particular sickness? And why this specific leper? I think it's because especially in this story, there is a gospel parallel. If the gospel gospel accounts were merely a medical record of Jesus' healings, then every miracle, every healing would have been detailed and documented. But this is the good news of Christ. The gospel of God's salvation. And what we find in this story of the leper is a gospel parallel. A gospel portrayal. This leper in his unholy and unclean condition was desperate to come to Jesus, willing to suffer shame, willing to suffer humiliation, willing to leave the confines of his boundaries, willing to take all measures to see him. And I want you to notice how Luke places this story. Notice the contrast from the story just prior where we came across another unholy man. When the nets were pulled up, remember Peter, and realizing the holiness and the majesty of the Son of God, he cried out, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Get away from me because I am unholy. Go as far away as you can, Jesus, for I am unclean. And that was appropriate for Peter, as we saw, when he considered himself. It's because he saw himself as a wretched sinner, one who was dirty and defiled. Now here, this leper knows that of himself. He knows himself to be unclean. He is reminded He is reminded every moment of his existence that he is unholy. And so like Peter, he understood who he was. But this leper, he knew better. More than understanding who he was, he understood who Jesus was. In the words of John Newton, when his memory was fading, he said this, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner, but Christ is is a great Savior. Which is why the leper was so desperate to get to Him. It's because he believed that the Son of God was able to make him clean. And I wonder if you're here this afternoon, if you truly, truly recognize that. If you believe that. You may think yourself to be a sinner, but do you see Christ as your Savior? You see, salvation is to embrace not just one, but both. Well, you might be asking, well, how do I know if I am? Well, are you seeking to find refuge in Him? Running to Him at all costs? He is the true remedy of our sins and our broken souls. Christ is the only cure to deal with our guilt, our sinful addictions, our depression, our anxiety, our apathy, our anger, it's not difficult. It's actually pretty simple. You know, there's libraries of books that tell you how to treat all these different ailments of the soul. And I know, I have some of them in my own library. But all we really need to hear are the words of Jesus. It's not a science. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest for your souls. If we would just listen to Christ and come, we would find ourselves in such a different place spiritually. If we, like the leper, without reservation, would just come to Him, desperate for Him, no matter how dirty, no matter how defiled we may feel or be. I remember when I was pastoring in my former church, There was a young man in his 20s who had grown up in the church uh, but had stopped attending. And when I asked him why I wasn't seeing him on Sundays, his reasoning was this, that he felt himself too, too dirty of a sinner to come to church. He felt too sinful to come to church. And I told him, I said, Jesus came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That Jesus, He ate with tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes. Those were the kinds of people Christ came to rescue and redeem. And I remember this went on for about a year. And eventually, I heard from Him no longer. It was, it's a very sad and tragic story. One that I believe follows the pattern of Judas Iscariot. After betraying the Lord Jesus, you'll remember that he was overridden with guilt. He felt himself to be sinful. But rather than turning to Jesus, what did he do? He turned away. He had every opportunity to come to Jesus, but Judas, he he turned away and he took his own life to end the misery. And tragically, only to open his eyes to an eternal one. The leper came to Jesus knowing that He was His only hope. And I ask, if you're not a Christian, what about you? Where have you placed your hope to find eternal rest for your soul? To find release and rescue from the plagues of sin? I say, turn to Christ. Turn to Christ. He is the Savior of men's souls. Repent and be saved from sin the wrath that is to come. Place your trust in the One who not only died, but was raised from the dead to give everlasting life. I say in desperation, friend of your decaying soul, run run to Him and you will be saved. You will be saved. That's His promise. And His promise is true. The leper understood, first of all, his dreadful disease. And notice, secondly, His desperate condition. And we've already moved into the second part of our outline here. But I want to ask this. How how did this leper know about Jesus? And how did he know that Jesus, Jesus was able to heal him? And I ask that because up to this point in Luke's Gospel, Jesus had been healing the sick. Notice, in towns and in cities around the synagogues. He wasn't performing miracles in the leper colonies. And so it may be that this leper heard, heard word. That while living his life in quarantine, heard word of a, of a sermon preached in the town of Nazareth. That the anointed one, the Messiah, had come from there and that he was preaching in the synagogue. And remember what Jesus said in his sermon when he preached back in his hometown in Nazareth. Look back at chapter 4, verse 27. He said, and there were many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elisha, and one of them was cleansed. Naaman the Syrian. This leper heard of a preacher referencing the cleansing of a pagan leper. But more than this preacher merely speaking about it, he heard that this preacher could actually do it. That the Spirit of the Lord resided upon him. That he had the very power To make Him new. And that He wasn't just a preacher or a teacher or even a healer. But that He was a Savior. The Anointed. Whom God had promised to His people. Now why do I say that? Why do I say that? How do we know that this leper came to Jesus? Not simply because of His healing capacities. It's because, notice in chapter 5. When he came to Jesus. He didn't say, heal me. But rather He said, cleanse me. He said, cleanse me. Look at verse 12. Lord, if You will, You can make me clean. You see, more than simply having his body healed, his skin restored, this leper wanted cleansing. He wanted to be clean. Well, what's the difference? The difference is, more than just physical healing, he wanted to be clean in the sight of God. He wanted to be restored back into the fellowship of God. You see, what pained him the most was the fact that he was unclean or unaccepted in the presence of God. And not that he had bad skin. This is what crushed him. When this leper went to the priest, the administrator of the law, the verdict from the priest was this, that he was unclean, unaccepted, barred from the presence of God. When when the priest, through the law, examined him and inspected him, the result was condemnation. It was exclusion. What plagued this leper was not the lesions on his skin, but the fact that he was banished from the sanctuary of God. And you can imagine this leper looking at the priest. Well, priest, is there anything that you can do to help me? Is there anything that you can do to save me? Is there any possible way that you can cleanse me and restore me that I might be able to fellowship with my God? And the answer, the answer was a resounding no. He had no power. He had no ability. Neither did the law. The law had no power, no ability to save this man. The only thing that the priest through the law could do was to tell this leper his condition, which was that you're condemned. Now there's two things that we learn here. The first is this. But this leper shows us what we, at the end of the day, what we truly need. And it's not health. It's to be restored back to God. It's not health. It, it's not money. It's not the things of this world. It's not comfort. It's not a job. It's not a house. It's not a spouse. It's not ease. But it's, it's God. To be brought back into fellowship with God which shows you the true pain in this man. It wasn't his skin, but the separation from God. You see, this leper had the spiritual clarity to know what he really needed. And so that's how he came. Needy. Needy for God's mercy. And beloved, what a picture of how of how we ought to live. Not how... We were at one point in our lives, but how we ought to be always needy. Needy for His grace. The second is this. That he could not find reconciliation back to God through the law. Nothing he himself could do, nothing he could follow nor obey, No ten-step program. He was powerless. And the priest was powerless. And the law was powerless to save. And so he needed to look elsewhere. To this leper, he said to himself, I need that person to cleanse me and to restore me. Here was the anthem of the leper. Nothing in my hand I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Naked, come to Thee for dress. Helpless, look to Thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. When He went to the law, it only condemned Him. And beloved, the same is true of us. When we think to ourselves, I will try better. I will do more. I will become more moral. I will be moral. We find, we find that the law keeps condemning us. It's because by our own efforts, we can't cleanse our hearts. We can't change our condition. And such was the case of the leper until, until, until Jesus touched him. So notice we've seen the dreadful disease, his desperate condition. Now thirdly, notice the gracious cleansing he received. Verse 13, And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Jesus said to this condemned man two of the greatest words he could ever hear, I will. They were words of life to him. Words of restoration and salvation. Cleansing for the leper. I will. Nobody. Nobody had ever said that to him. Not his family members, not his friends, not the priest. I will. Essentially words of promise. And how did this leper receive those words? Absolutely filled with overflowing gratitude, thanksgiving as he knew himself to be undeserving. Christian, when is the last time you responded in that kind of way? When's the last time you considered His promises to you? All those who come to Me, I will never drive away. Come to Me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another Helper to be with you forever. If you ask Me anything in My name, I will do it. I will be with you always to the end of the, end of the age. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may be where I am. Paul, he closes his letter in 1 Thessalonians like this, Now may the God of peace sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Jesus says, I will. I will. He will surely do it. It's His promise. And we can be sure of it. He's faithful. When's the last time you thought about the promises of Christ? Jesus said to this leper, I will, I will cleanse you. And notice right after, be clean. From promise to fulfillment in a single moment. And at Jesus' very word, the leper was made clean, healed and made whole. But more importantly, brought back into fellowship with God. And the reason why we know that is because Jesus, notice after, doesn't tell him, you can go back to your family now. You can go back home. Which I'm sure this leper eventually did. But Jesus says to him, Before you go anywhere, there is somewhere where you need to go. Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. Look at verse 14. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them. It's interesting what Jesus tells this leper to do here. He said, before you can go anywhere, you need to go straight to the priest. Well, where was the priest? In the sanctuary of God. And Jesus tells him to make an offering there. In other words, go to the house of God and worship Him there. It was an amazing miracle that Jesus had accomplished. Once banned from the presence of God, this leper was now restored in fellowship with Him and that through Jesus Christ. Shows us, if you were here with us this past Thursday, we've been going through the book of Hebrews and Pastor MJ preached and he preached about Christ as our true priest. And I want you to notice here, Notice that this leper's relationship to the law changed. That this leper's relationship to the law, once he became clean, it changed. That the law which once condemned him as it declared him to be unclean, as he was unallowed to come into the presence of God, as he was condemned what used to be his condemnation, now became his delight. You see how the law changed for him? That the law which only rejected him, he was now able to walk in it. That's interesting. That once Jesus cleansed the leper, He wanted him to go back to the law and to follow it. To follow it and obey it and to do it because He had now been cleansed. And beloved, that, that distinction is so important. And it's how the Gospel works in our lives. Prior to the gracious work of salvation in our lives, nothing we could ever do could ever save us. All our righteous deeds Like filthy rags, our attempts to be moral and upright only serve to show us our brokenness, show us our sin. We learned about it today in the children's sermon, how the law shows us our sin. And then Christ came. And when His cleansing power saved us, our relationship to the law drastically changed. Where that which condemned us has now become our delight our joy to obey Him and to do His will and to follow His commands. You see, Christ changes everything. And apart from Christ, there is only judgment. But with Him, there is delight because only through Him can we obey it. Well, the last thing I want us to look at here is not only Jesus' grace to cleanse, but Jesus' grace to take His place. Notice, when Jesus cleansed Him, He didn't merely use His words. Verse 13. It says that Jesus stretched out His hand and touched Him. And we've seen Jesus do that before. Luke chapter 4, verse 40. He laid His hands on every one of them and healed them. It was His compassionate grace there back in Capernaum, which was on full display. And no doubt here, that's what Jesus was showing. This leper, His compassion, His care. But remember... This leper just didn't have a fever or a deformed limb or blindness to his eyes. He had leprosy and he was full of it. And the very reason why he was prohibited from living among people was because his disease was contagious. Unclean. Unclean. So that everyone would stay away. And yet Jesus stretched out His hand and He got near and he took hold of him. Imagine the reaction of the people watching this. Even that of the leper. What are you doing? I'm contagious. This disease is transmissible. You should have just, you should have just said the word, but now you've touched me. And the bystanders there, they would have thought to themselves, Jesus now has the disease. But what happened here? rather than Jesus, who was clean, becoming unclean. The leper, who was unclean, became clean. He didn't get sick. But let me also say this. In a very real sense, Jesus did take on that man's leprosy. You see, when we ask why... Why did Jesus heal all these people with different infirmities and diseases? He was showing us a clear picture of the gospel. Look at verse 15. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad. Great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities, but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. Notice there's a bunch of people there, but instead he withdraws to go pray. Why didn't Jesus go straight to the leper colony and heal everybody there in the leper colony? It's because that's not the reason for which He came. These healings, and we went through this a few weeks ago, was to authenticate the Word. But beloved, there's more. These healings serve to be an unmistakable demonstration of the Gospel. I want you to listen to what the Gospel writer Matthew says as to these healings in chapter 8, verse 16. He writes, That evening they brought to Him many who were oppressed by demons. And He cast out spirits with a word. And He healed all who were sick. And here's what Matthew says next. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah he took our illnesses and he bore our diseases he did that to fulfill to fulfill a promise from isaiah from isaiah chapter 53 and more than any other place in scripture isaiah chapter 53 teaches us about the cross it teaches teaches us about what took place at the cross There in Isaiah 53, it teaches us how the appearance of Jesus was marred beyond human recognition. How He was oppressed and afflicted. How He was like a lamb led to the slaughter. But Isaiah 53 not only teaches us what took place at the cross, but it teaches us the very implication of the cross for sinners. What does the cross mean for sinners like you and I? What does healing lepers and healing the blind and healing the deaf and the diseased and the sick, what does that have to do with the cross? You see, the ultimate reason why the Gospel writers included the story of this leper for us is because he, this leper, serves to mirror our condition. That spiritually, you and I, we are filled with sickness sickness and disease. And it is uncurable. It is untreatable. This is our condition. We are not just plagued with sin, but we are like the leper. We are full. Full of it. It has invaded us through and through. And the most devastating effect of this condition, it has, like the leper, spiritually distanced ourselves from our God. And if left untreated, we will spend an eternity away from the love of the living god but rather under his burning and searching judgment now what did matthew say about jesus he said this that jesus healed all who were sick to fulfill what isaiah said he took our illnesses and bore our diseases what is he saying That Jesus came to take the disease of that leper and to bear it Himself. To come and to trade places with those who are sick and diseased with sin. This is the picture in which the Gospel writers like Luke and Matthew, this is what they want us to see. That Jesus took upon Himself the very sickness of those whom He healed. That Jesus to make the unclean Clean became Himself unclean. That He who knew no sin, and you know this verse, for our sake became sin. That God substituted the just for the unjust. And bearing the illness and the disease of sin, Christ went to the cross. And there He suffered and He died receiving the very wrath of God for sin in the place, trading places with the disease. Listen to Isaiah 53. He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The Lord has laid on Him all our iniquity. Has He done that for you? Has He done that for you? And I ask this to not just you call yourself not a Christian, I ask this to everybody in the room. Has he, done that? Has, he, has he done that for you? Has He taken upon Himself your sickness and your disease? Has He taken to the cross your sin? If not, come to Him. Ask Him to make you clean. And this is what Christ will say to you. He'll say, I will. I will. Be clean. Be clean. Let's pray together. Gracious God in heaven, we thank You for the Lord Jesus Christ, our Healer and Redeemer in whom we have full cleansing, who took our place, who bore our sicknesses and our diseases, who carried our humiliation and shame. Hallelujah, what a Savior we have in Jesus. But we admit that though we are convinced of such a confession in the here and in the now, we confess that we often revert back to a life of ingratitude and thanklessness. Lord, our residual sins get the best of us. We think little of Christ throughout the day. Our desires are waning and weak. We seek not Your grace. Forgive us for our lack of faith and our lack of trust. And we ask by Your Spirit, cause faith to increase and for love for Christ to grow. And we ask that You would do in us what we cannot do for ourselves. Make us what we are not. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.